this is Stephanie Ortega, and you're listening to the Remix Movement Podcast. Hello, this is the Remix Movement. I'm your host, Stephanie, with my husband, Louis. Hello, everybody. We are so happy to be here with you guys on this good Friday. Yes, we are. On this blessed day that we get to remember that Jesus died on the cross for us. It is a great day. It is a beautiful day. It is actually hot outside. Yes. I, I went for a walk and it was just super hot today. So it was good. Awesome. Yes, it was beautiful. So thank you to all of our listeners. Um, thank you to all of our new listeners. Um, our last let's let's go right in. Our last episode challenge was to meditate on the first four sentences that Jesus said on the cross and um, and how knowing what the words mean now have changed the way you think about Easter and his resurrection. Yes. And I, I think honestly, I've been hearing some, you know, DMs from certain people and they've just been saying that they haven't heard um, the way that we explained the first four sentences the way that we did. Right. Um, I know some people have heard of them before in different contexts. And I guess this is just the first time that some of our listeners have actually heard us um, break it down in the way that we did. Well, this is the first time that we talk about this topic of, you know, the seven words. Oh, yeah. So it's so. the first time we talk about it. But I mean, I'm sure other people have heard of it before in their churches or at Bible studies, youth groups. Yeah, this is just a different revelation. Exactly. So just a different way for us to explain um, what the last seven um, sentences that Jesus said on the cross were. So thank you so much, guys. I'm glad that it's opening up your your mind. I'm glad that it's allowing you to draw closer to God. And I also wanted to say thank you to everybody who wished me a happy birthday yesterday. Yes, happy and birthday again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who sent us a comment on Instagram and Facebook. And thank you guys so much for sharing um, the episode that we had last Wednesday. Um, I know a few people, like my sister, had shared it on Instagram, on her story. Shout out to Alicia. Yes, thank you so and, much. And, you know, like, that makes me so happy. It really does. It makes me feel like we're we're working in the kingdom together. We're pointing people to Jesus together. And we're saving lives together. Absolutely. Like, literally, it almost made me cry because so many people were just, you know, sharing their comments and sharing their stories. And some people were sending me text messages of how the remix has just changed the way that their relationship with Christ has been. And, and I just I love the fact that we can do this on something so simple like a podcast and that that, you know, Lewis and I can just share with people who Jesus is, who God is and share with us, you know, our lives and our topics. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot say that enough. Like this has been like the best birthday like ever. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So um, moving into the continuation of Easter, continuation of Good Friday. Um, you know, we talked about last episode about how words matter, um, especially those at the end of one's life. So I couldn't help but think about one person. Uh, he's a fictional character that his last words literally meant so much uh, to the superhero. And Lewis, I don't I think, you know, who I'm talking about. I, I don't actually. All right. Ready? Yes. Spider-Man's Uncle Ben. Yeah. All right. I, I would have never guessed that. Okay. In the original Spider-Man movie, the Marvel Spider-Man movie, Uncle Ben dies 
And while he's laying in, um, you know, in super, what's Superman's um, name? Not Superman, like his real name, Peter Parker. All right. That's the Spider-Man. Yeah, I said Spider-Man. You said Superman. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Superman. Spider-Man. Yes. All right. So Peter Parker, the person we know as Spider-Man, is holding his his Uncle Ben who's dying. And the last words he says is, with great power comes great responsibility. And it's funny because as, you know, as he's dying, he says these words. And that's how the movie kind of, you know, hits this point where Uncle Ben is an important figure in Spider-Man's life. And then at the close of that first sequel, he hears again his Uncle Ben saying, with great power comes great responsibility. So, you know, this was just an example of like what we're trying to say when we say a person who's about to pass away, who's about to die, their last words carry a lot of weight because a lot of times people that are close to, you know, family members that are passing away, they tend to think, well, what was the last thing they said? Or what was the last conversation I had with them? And, and these words weigh a lot because it brings into existence their remembrance. Right. It brings into their mind, like, why this person was so important to them. So, like, here's another example. When my grandmother passed away, my grandmother on my dad's side, um, I literally, I, I shared so much with her. And every summer we go to Puerto Rico and we spend time with her. I remember, like, literally where I was when my dad told me, you know, that she had passed away. And and I remember that it was so hard to talk about her maybe like a year after she passed away because she meant so much to me. She still means a lot to me. But like I, I was thinking, like, what was the last conversation I had with her? Like, what was the last thing that I can do? Like, what what was I able to do for her? And, you know, now, literally six years later, I can talk more about her without feeling so much grief. I can talk more about her without feeling so much, uh, you know, sadness, because now I'm remembering all of the great times that we shared together. I'm remembering all of the great memories that I have of her. And I feel like when when we see Jesus on the cross, we need to remember that these words that he said on the cross carry so much weight. And they should really be unforgettable. It should be something that we talk about every Good Friday where we're not dreading like, oh, Good Friday's coming. They're going to talk about Jesus on the cross. No, you need to feel proud. You need to feel like this is something that we can commemorate, right? Commemorate. Commemorate. <laughs> Thank you. So we can commemorate this moment in, in our Savior's life where he literally said these words on the cross and he made a huge difference in, in the way he died. Right. It's a victorious moment. Exactly. You, it's hard to for, forget victories. Mm -hmm. So this is this is one that we shouldn't forget. Like. Exactly. And, and like I said, the focus is it's we should not forget these last words, these last sentences that Jesus said when he died on the cross. So we're going to go ahead and move forward. We did the last four last episode. And in this episode, we're going to do the last three. All right. So we're starting with uh, the fifth sentence that he said. And this is coming from John chapter 19. And it's going to be verse 28. And it says. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll read the actual verse. It says Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. 
And I'm going to read 29 because it kind of gives a little bit more about um, why he said, I am thirsty. So verse 29 says, a jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it and put it on a hypso branch and held it to his lips. So going back to those three questions, who was he talking to? When he says, I am thirsty, he's talking to the Roman soldiers. All right. He's talking to the same Roman soldiers that were criticizing him, that nailed him to the cross, that spit in his face, that whooped him with uh, with all those different weapons, with those stripes that they give him on his back. He's talking to the Roman soldiers that went ahead. And when he said, I am thirsty, like he was talking to those Roman soldiers. Right. And and what did he mean when he says this? Two things. First, he meant it physically. OK, when you are without water. Right. And let's say your body is um, under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress and is under a lot of activity. You tend to get thirsty. Right. Oh, yeah. So, for example, if you are running, if you are walking and it is hot outside and you don't have any water with you, you're going to tend to feel that your mouth is getting dry. You're going to feel like your tongue is dry. You're going to feel like something in your throat. You're going to be like, wow, I'm thirsty. And you know what? Physically here, Jesus had undergone already a few hours on the cross. He had already undergone um, all of this pain and suffering that was inflicted on him physically. And, and it's only natural in the human for him to have thirst. All right. We have to remember that Jesus took the form of a human body. So he's relating to us and saying, hey, I am thirsty. But what other thing he means is spiritually he was thirsty. He had said it because he was fulfilling scripture. He had said, I am thirsty because he was obeying the prophecy that was given once before this very moment was to be done. All right. He knew that God wanted it this way. And that's why he said these words. So to better understand that there was uh, that this particular I am thirsty that he said was part of God's master plan. We have to go to Psalm 69, 21. OK, and Psalm 69, 21 says, but instead they gave me poison for food and they offered me sour wine for my thirst. All right. Now, in this psalm. David is talking about he's he's writing a song of what his savior is going to be undergoing. All right. So we can think of it as David seeing a prophecy or a vision of what was yet to have come. So when Jesus says, I am thirsty, not only was he thirsty physically, but spiritually, he was obeying what God's master plan was. All right. So the revelation when Jesus says these words is that thirst is required for the full completion of God's will. Thirst is required for the full completion of God's will. So we have to ask ourselves as believers, we have to say, well, do we thirst for God's word every day? Because we're going to need it to fulfill our purpose. Another question we have to ask is, do we thirst for God's holy presence every day? Because we're going to need that to hear his wisdom, to be able to live in this life. And then another question is, do we thirst for more prayer time? Do we thirst for more conversations with God? Do we thirst to be closer to him? Because we need to stay connected 
to our Lord and Savior. We need to stay connected to God to be able to continue our relationship with him. We need to thirst to be able to complete God's purpose in our life. And we have to make sure that we thirst for God's word, for God's presence, and for God's conversations through prayer. We need to make sure that as believers, the same way Jesus was thirsty and he was saying this to obey what God's master plan was, we need to make sure that we're thirsty for him, for Jesus, so that we can be able to fulfill what God's calling is in our lives. All right. So now we're going to move on to number six. Lewis, can you read that for me, please? Sure thing. Um, you're going to find this one in John, uh, same chapter 19, verse 30. And it says, let me pull it up. It says, when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. Okay. So the sixth statement that he says is, it is finished. Okay. Who was he talking to? Oh, you're asking me God. I, I believe he was talking to God. Okay. So he could be talking to God. Yes. But I believe he was talking to everyone. You see, when God's, when Jesus is on the cross and he says it is finished, he could be telling God, hey, it is finished. What you have asked me to do, I have done. The work is completed. Okay. But he could also be talking to the two criminals that were on his left and on his right. And he could have been telling them, hey, it is finished. What you're seeing now, this is the end of his life on earth. Okay. They didn't know that Jesus was going to raise from the dead, but he needed to tell them, just so you know, it is finished. Okay. And he also said it is finished to the Roman soldiers that were around him, to his mother and the disciple John, and to every person who was surrounding him at the crucifixion. He was basically declaring that it is finished. But we know that it's actually it is finished on earth but not it is finished forever. And we know this because three days after Jesus died on the cross, we know that Jesus was raised from the dead. We know that he still lives today. So it may be finished on earth, but it is not finished at all. Your, your life is not finished until you are able to go to heaven and be in God's presence forever for your eternal life. Okay. So what does he mean when he says this? He says this after he tastes the sour wine that the Roman soldiers had given to him. And this is actually a response to his previous statement that he gave. So after he says, I am thirsty, he he goes ahead and he says, it is finished. OK, the prophecy has been completed. This was the last taste that Jesus would ever have on earth. The very last thing that he would taste was that sour wine that they put up against his, his mouth. All right. But this is also a declaration of acknowledgement that the end of his life was just seconds away to being done. OK, the revelation here is a declaration of acknowledgement is not the end, but the recognition that hope is on the way. I'm going to repeat that again. A declaration of acknowledgement is not the end, but the recognition that hope is on the way. You see, it, again, it was finished on earth. When Jesus had said that he was finished, he had finished his work on the earth. But the Bible says it is finished 
you're going to see there in both the New Living Translation and the New King James Version that when he says this, there's an exclamation mark. Okay? And that exclamation mark means that hope is on the way. It, an exclamation mark grammatically means that something is being sent in expectation of something else. Okay? An exclamation mark means that the statement being said is said in, in a little bit of excitement and anticipation okay so when he says it is finished again god had a master plan right and the most important part was yet to happen but he needed to make everyone aware who was there that it was finished with an exclamation mark because three days later god raised them up and and jesus is alive today okay now i i want to speak directly to our listeners right now okay if there is something that you have today that you once had locked up, put away inside of a tomb, okay? And at one point you said, it is finished and I am done. God right now may be telling you to put an exclamation mark after you said it is finished because he's going to rise up again what you once thought was done and in his master plan for your life, he's going to raise it back up. All right. He's going to he's going to go ahead and put an exclamation mark on that skill, on that musical talent, on that intelligence, on that bright idea you have. He's going to put an exclamation mark because he's telling you, yes, you thought it was finished at that point. But there's an exclamation mark. And I'm excited to tell you that in anticipation of what you thought was an acknowledgement, I'm going to move it forward. I'm going to take it out of the tomb. I'm going to raise it back up. I'm going to go ahead and make sure that you know what you thought was dead in the ground is now going to rise up. So that's for all of our listeners and even for me, because you know what? I feel like also, too, that sometimes we think that, you know, it's it's over and it's done with. We tried something and it didn't work out for us and we get into an agony and in grief and and a painful part because maybe at one point that thing that you you were like oh i'm gonna try it out that excitement used to be there and right now you're like well no that excitement's not there because i already forgot about it i already put it to the side i already said i'm done with it i already said it's finished no 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 jesus was behind the idea jesus was behind that skill what once gave you excitement and you put away in the ground is now going to rise up, is now going to be shown again to the light. And it's going to be just like Jesus. It's going to come right back up. It's going to live again and it's going to show glory to God. And that's exactly what happened with Jesus. Jesus was put in the ground. He was put in a tomb. They put a stone covering it. And then three days later, nobody except for God, the master architect, the one who had the master plan, knew that Jesus was going to rise up again and show his face to the disciples and say, I am here. I have rose from the dead. Now you can be excited again because I have taken the keys away from the enemy. Wow. I need a clap there, Lewis, man. I felt that. Woo! I was waiting for you to do the little sound effect, but that's oh. okay. No, it's okay. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, I clap right. for myself. There you go. That was a revelation. That wasn't even in my notes. Like that, guys, listen, like this is God speaking. It is finished with an exclamation mark. There's more to come. There's, there's more that's going to rise up. Woo! That was good. Awesome. I got that. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. All right. So... 
the very last thing that Jesus says, this is number seven. This is the seventh sentence that Jesus says on the cross, all right? And this is coming from Luke chapter 23, verse 46, all right? And it says, then Jesus shouted, and this is the New Living Translation I'm reading. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And Lewis, what's there? An exclamation. An exclamation mark. And with those words, he breathed, breathed yeah. his last. Yes. So his words were, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands, exclamation mark. All right. Now, who was he talking to? His father. Yes. So he is talking to God, his father. The first person he spoke to was God, his father. All right. Taking it back to the very first one that we talked about in the last episode, he speaks directly to his father. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And we had said previously that there's a special relationship between a father and a son, one that consists of honesty, love and vulnerability. So that was his first statement. But we see now again that his last sentence that he says on the cross, Jesus says, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. So he's speaking again from a point of honesty, a point of love and a point of vulnerability. And what does he mean when he says this? First off, Jesus didn't say these last words. We need to acknowledge that he screamed them. He shouted it out from the top of his lung. We can say that this was a cry, an outcry, okay? And in the New Living Translation, as well as the message version, they both have the exclamation mark in there. And when he is releasing his spirit into God's hands, this is a moment where he is letting go because he knows that hope is on the way. He's letting go because he knows that this is now in God's control. Okay? He's letting go all that he went through on the cross, all that he said to these people. He's letting go all of the pain that he physically went through and all of the ministry. Maybe he was thinking about the three years he did while he was on the earth. Maybe he was on the cross and he was thinking particularly of you. Maybe he was particularly thinking of the church. Maybe he was particularly thinking about this moment that we're going through right now with the coronavirus in 2020. But Jesus was releasing his spirits. All right. To God, his father. He was putting it into his care. He was saying, God, now move it forward and let your will be done. All right. The revelation is there is power in both your surrendering and your submission to God's will. Okay. There is power in both your surrendering and your submission to God's will. Let me tell you something. Surrendering is about releasing and letting go. All right. Surrendering is about letting things go into God's care. And we've talked about it in a previous episode where we said we need to let go and let God. All right. That's what surrendering is. But let me tell you something else. Submission is having the faith to know that God's will is better than yours. All right. You can surrender something to God, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are submitting to God's will. That is true. You can surrender to God, but that doesn't mean necessarily that you are actually having the faith that God is going to work in your life the way he's supposed to work, the way your will and your purpose is going to happen. All right. So surrendering and submission 
are two different things, but two things that I think right now we need to be doing. All right. As we're thinking about Good Friday, as we're thinking about Easter, as we're thinking about Jesus's resurrection, and even as we're thinking about the times that we're living right now, some of our listeners, some of our friends, some of our family members, we need to know that there is great power in surrendering and submitting to God's word. All right. And and I pray that and I hope that these seven words that that we talked about as Jesus is dying on the cross just impacts the way that you celebrate Easter this year and it impacts the way you live your life. And I pray that, you know, that you can also be like, you know what, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you and let you be in control of it. But I'm going to submit to your ways. I'm going to submit to what you have for me. I'm going to surrender it and not think about it and think about it and think about it and think about it. I'm going to submit it to you. Because you know what? I'm going to surrender it and let it go, but I'm going to submit to what your word says. I'm not going to worry because you are in control. I'm not going to worry because you have the victory. I'm not going to worry because I know Jesus died for me to give me salvation, and he rose from the dead to give me the victory. That is some powerful stuff. Very powerful. All right? So thank you guys so much for listening to part one and part two of what Jesus said on the cross. Thank you so much for for being on this journey with us and really understanding, you know, who he said these things to, what he meant when he said them, and finding out what the revelation is behind each one of these seven words. It definitely is something that I will never forget. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's definitely something that again, I feel like this is something that everybody needs to hear right now in today's world and and i'm gonna go ahead and tell you what the episode challenge is okay this episode's challenge is very easy it is reach out to someone and tell them that jesus is alive and then here's the second part invite them to church on easter sunday now some of you guys may be saying well stephanie there's no church nobody's gathering we we can't wake up in the morning and go to our physical church because of what's going on i understand that but you can invite them to church online. I know a lot of people in South Florida and all over America, they're having their services live streamed online. And it's a different way of doing church, but we are the body of the church. And wherever we go, God is. So reach out to somebody and, and let them know first that Jesus is alive. And then second, invite them to your church online on Easter. People need to know that Jesus died on the cross and he resurrected. People need to know that he's alive and he's the victor. And, and people need to know this today. They can't wait till after Easter. They can't wait till a week later because you know what? Tomorrow's never promised to us, okay? But we need to know that now is the time. So share this episode with them. Share with them the episode from the last episode, episode 24. Share with them this episode, 25. Share with them on your social media, via text message, via YouTube. Share with them. Have a conversation with them on the phone and let them know, hey, Jesus is alive. Jesus is our hope. And Jesus resurrected and saved you and me for a reason. All right? Thank you so very much. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a good day. And again, have a wonderful Good Friday and a blessed Easter. God bless.
If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Remix Movement for more updates. Send us a DM with your feedback, questions, and any topics that you would like to hear in any of our future episodes. Thank you and God bless.